We are on Yevamos Kuf Yud Beis Amabeis 112b as we begin a new Mishnah and a new chapter, a new Perek. As we are beginning the 13th chapter of this Mesechta, of this tractate of Yevamos. And it's a short chapter, it's a short Perek, that will be focused on the marriage of a Cheresh, of a deaf mute. And as we've discussed in the past, a deaf mute, uh, their marriage, whether it's, uh, whether it's the male or the female, whether it's the husband or the wife, uh, is is the deaf mute, or whether even both of the deaf are both are deaf mute? They have a rabbinic marriage. It's not a biblical marriage. It's only a rabbinic marriage. Um, and there is a big discussion today. Uh, now, not in the times of the Mishnah and the Gemara, but today, where we have much more uh, advanced technology and better education for somebody who's deaf mute, and they are able to communicate in a clearer and better way, and understand more, uh, much more, and able to function. Uh, very well in society. So does that change or does that not change is a big discussion. But uh, we will begin, either way, we'll begin uh, our Mishnah, which is Cherish uh, in their days, where it's clear that it is a rabbinic marriage. It's a long Mishnah. Our first Mishnah is a long Mishnah. Uh, so we'll break it up into different parts. But let's start with the, the opening, which is about the fact that it's a rabbinic marriage. Now, a few things to keep in mind is that uh, as we'll see in the Mishnah, is that uh, in terms of getting divorced, uh, so uh, number one, they can only get divorced if it, it was a rabbinic marriage, because in order to get them to divorced, they can't, uh, how do we know what their intentions are? They have to sort of nod their head, they have to show in some way that they are agreeing to it. That would only work without verbalizing it, <coughs> because they can't verbalize it. That would only work if their marriage originally was done in such a way, and that's a rabbinic marriage, uh, because when they initially got married, it was also done through, without verbalizing it, but just through the nodding of the head. Uh, and so the mission will discuss what happens if they change, if they change, if they become healthier, or if they become a deaf mute during the marriage. So the mission will discuss that. The other point to keep in mind is that uh, when it comes to divorce, the divorce, when it comes to marriage, everybody has to consent to the marriage. Both the husband and the wife have to consent to the marriage. And they have to do so willingly, otherwise it's not a marriage. When it comes to divorce, that's not the case. A divorce, uh, in, uh, according to halacha, is the, is, is the husband giving his wife a get, a divorce document. And as such, he has control over whether or not they get divorced. And she, is, she can get divorced against her will. Um, and so that's important to keep in mind in terms of these halacha. Since it can be done against her will, she doesn't need to have sufficient da'as, sufficient knowledge and awareness. And as such, even if she's uh, a deaf mute, uh, she could get divorced um, because she could be, she, we don't need her knowledge for it. So that's also a second point to keep in mind. Okay, so let's see the first part of this Mishnah. Whether or not the husband is a deaf mute or whether the wife is a deaf mute, we say, since they got married... Uh, on a rabbinic level, and the marriage started off on a rabbinic level, so then if they want to get divorced, they can get divorced also on a rabbinic level, very much like If they want to stay married, they're allowed to stay married. It's a good marriage. It's a rabbinic marriage. It's recognized on a rabbinic level as a marriage. And the Mishnah explains, just like when he enters into the marriage uh, as a deaf mute, or she as a deaf mute, uh, enters into it uh, through not through verbalizing and as their way of communicate, communicating, but it's through signs and hints. So to when they get divorced, it's sufficient enough for them to just give signs. 
What happens if at the time that they got married, both of them were uh, were functioning and they were able to hear and to speak? And then only afterwards, Vinishkarsha. So only afterwards, uh, she becomes a deaf mute. So their marriage was on a biblical level because when they first got married, nobody was a deaf mute. We say in this case, so then if they want, they could get divorced. The reason why they could get divorced is because you could always, even if the wife doesn't have uh, sufficient knowledge, let's see, she's a deaf mute, but she gets divorced because as we pointed out in the beginning, she's a lot, she, we don't need her das. We don't need her knowledge. She could get divorced against her will. If they want to stay married, they could stay married and they're still viewed as married. However, However, if it's not that she became a deaf mute, but she became a shota, a shota is somebody who is, uh, let's say, not hallucinating, not in touch with reality, doesn't understand what's going on around them. So in that case, we actually say uh, you're not allowed to you're not allowed to get divorced. We say don't get divorced. The reason why you're not allowed to get divorced, she becomes a shota. She's not allowed to get divorced. The reason why is because once she's married, so we want to make sure if she gets divorced, so then she's all alone. And nobody's with her. We want to make sure that she's uh, she's still with somebody, um, and so therefore uh, we're, we're concerned that if they get divorced, then she's just going to be out on the street. Uh, people will treat her improperly. Perhaps uh, she'll get raped. Uh, this, she's very vulnerable, um, and as such, we say that uh, you cannot divorce her. Now you're not allowed to. We'll see in the Gemara, and not in this recording, but probably in the next one that um, in, the, in the Gemara will say that you're not allowed to marry her initially. Somebody, even though a cherish, a deaf mute, uh, has a rabbinic marriage, even though it's not biblical, but it's recognized as a rabbinic marriage, when it comes to somebody who is uh, totally not in touch with reality, uh, they're hallucinating, or they're not in touch, whatever it is, they're not in touch with reality, so then you're not allowed to initiate the marriage. The case that we're discussing here is where they were both healthy at the time of the marriage, and then only afterwards does she become a shota. That's with regards to the wife. What happens if the husband becomes deaf mute or is a shota? Nishcharishu o nishtata. However, if he becomes deaf mute, or if he's not in touch with reality, he becomes a shota. In that case, so then he can never divorce. He can't divorce. She's basically stuck because uh, he can't uh, he can't divorce because he has to have sufficient knowledge when he divorces. At the time that they were married, it was a biblical marriage. <coughs> Excuse me, everybody was healthy. So then, what, if he during the marriage becomes a deaf mute or becomes a shota, uh, so then he can't divorce. Uh, I guess similar to being, let's say, if he was in a coma, he wouldn't be able to divorce uh, because you need um, it's a terrible situation. But you need his, you need a sufficient knowledge. says, "What's the difference between the man and the woman, as we described before?" Amrlo, they explained to him, exactly as we explained before. The big difference between the husband and the wife is the husband can only divorce through his his knowledge. He has to be aware and he has to his intent. He has to have proper intent. But the wife could get divorced whether she has intent or doesn't have intent, and so therefore she could get divorced even if she is a deaf mute. One more line with regards to uh, this issue, and then we'll discuss other uh, the other cases in the Mishnah. testified. It was discussing a case where the father married off his daughter, whose daughter was under the age of 12. We've mentioned in the past that that's viewed as a biblical marriage. His daughter also happened to be a deaf mute, but it doesn't matter. It's still recognized as a biblical marriage. 
now she gets older uh and so it's a, or it's not done with the the father's no longer and now that he married her off he's not the one who receives the divorce document so we say that she's allowed, she's still allowed to get divorced so this fits with what we, exactly with what we just said even though it's a biblical marriage happens to be the the way we got to biblical marriage is different than we said before before was a case where they were both uh, totally 100% functional and then during the marriage she becomes a deaf mute in this case, she was always a deaf mute, but it's still a biblical marriage because she was married off by her father under the age of 12. So that's a different way of becoming a married on a biblical level. Uh, but in the end of the day, at the time of the divorce, she's a deaf mute, and it works. The reason why it works is because the, a, a get, a divorce document, works against her will. It works against her will, and so therefore, we don't need to have her knowledge or her intent for it because as long as the husband gives it and he has intent, so then it will work. Okay, that's the end of the first part of the... Uh, of the Mishnah. The rest of the Mishnah is going to be describing actually uh, many cases which we've had in the past. Uh, but these cases um, are basically cases of two brothers and, and the cases of Yibam or whether or not you could do Yibam or are you allowed to do Chalitza with uh, different permutations whether they're marrying two sisters and they're a Cheresh, they're deaf mute or they're not deaf mute or one's deaf mute or the other one's not deaf mute. Different permutations. Essentially what's important to keep in mind is that if it's two brothers who marry two sisters, and if they're both, <coughs> excuse me, if they're both married on a rabbinic level, this is really we'll see the different permutations, but this is really essential to keep in mind. If they're both married on a rabbinic level, so then it's like if they're just like on a, if they're both married on a biblical level, two brothers marry two sisters, one of the brothers dies without children, we say that they're totally exempt. There is no mitzvah yibum because just like it's your brother's wife, but it's also your wife's sister, and so therefore, if it was on a rabbinic level, if However, way it became on a rabbinic level, we say that there is no mitzvah of yibum. However, if one is on a rabbinic level and one is on a biblical level, so then it becomes more complicated. And depending on the scenario, it could be that you have to also divorce your wife. Because if you're more connected to the sister-in-law than to your wife, because your wife you're only married to on a rabbinic level, but your sister-in-law you're now connected to on a biblical level, and the two of them are sisters, assuming the two of them are sisters, so then you might even have to divorce your wife because... You have a strong connection to her sister because you have a connection on a biblical level. So that's important to keep in mind when you have two brothers who marry two sisters. If it's just two brothers who are married, but it's not the two sisters, but it's just uh, two two women who are not related. Uh, so then the other important point to keep in mind, as we will see, is that um, if their marriage was on a biblical level and so therefore they are now connected to you on a biblical level and all that you could do Let's say if you are a cherish, you, the brother-in-law who's alive, is a cherish, is a deaf mute. And so you could only fulfill Yibam on a rabbinic level, potentially. Potentially, you could either fulfill Yibam on a rabbinic level, so then you haven't really completed Yibam entirely. Or even if you want to say that the Yibam itself, because there's such a strong connection by the Torah, it works on a biblical level, you can't get divorced. Because since the marriage started off on a biblical level, so then you can't get divorced. Which is, a, which is an important uh, point to keep in mind that you could have cases, just like we had earlier, where he gets married on a biblical level because he was, he was totally functional at the time of the marriage. Once he becomes a cherish, once he becomes a deaf mute, he can't divorce. So to over here, even if he became a deaf mute from the beginning, but he was the brother-in-law and it was through Yibam, even if Yibam works on a biblical level, then you can't get divorced because the divorce could only work on a rabbinic level. That's another point to keep in mind. Okay, let's see all these different permutations. 
Beis achin choroshin nesuin lebeis achios choroshos olishtei achios pikhos olishtei achios achas choroshos vachas pikachas. O beis achios choroshos nesuin lishnei achin pikhin olishnei achin choroshin olishnei achin echad acherish vachad pikach. Basically, you have two brothers who are married to two sisters. All the different types of permutations where both marriages are only on a rabbinic level, whether the husband is a cheresh or the wife is a cheresh or all the, in all these different cases, these are all different permutations of that. We say there's no mitzvah of even rechalitza; they're exempt because it's two brothers who married two sisters; they're on the same level, they're all on a rabbinic level. Total exemption of even rechalitza. What about what happens if you have two brothers who married two sisters, not two sisters, two women that aren't sisters? Just two women, and um, and they're not related. So then you could do yibum if you want. You could do yibum, or if you want, um, after you do yibum, so then you could get divorced. Uh, because another point to keep in mind is that a cheresh and a chereshes. If you're deaf mute, you cannot do chalitza. Um, you can't do chalitza. So. Uh, you could get married, and then you could get, then you could, you could complete yibum, and then if you want to stay married, stay married, you could stay married. And if you want to get divorced, you get divorced, because the whole thing was originally from a, on a rabbinic level, anyways. What happens if you have the following case? You have two brothers, Ruvain and Shimon. Ruvain is a cherish, is deaf mute, and Shimon is not. And they're married to two sisters, Rachel and Leah. Rachel marries Ruvain. Leah marries Shimon. And, and the two sisters are completely uh, are healthy. So Ruvain, who's the deaf mute, dies. He had a rabbinic marriage. What does uh, the one who had a biblical marriage, who's alive, and they, they have a biblical marriage, and now his wife's sister falls them to Yibam? So what happens? So that's easy. On a biblical level, there's a total exemption. So there's no no yibum rechalitza. The other way around is more difficult. If Shimon dies and Shimon had a biblical marriage, so then, but Reuven is alive and his wife is alive, but Reuven is a cherish, he's a deaf mute, and so he's connected now on a biblical level to his sister-in-law because his brother just passed away, but his wife he's only married to on a rabbinic level. In that case, we say, As we pointed out in our introduction, uh, his wife he has to now give a divorce document to because his wife ends up becoming uh, a weaker relationship because it's his, it's the one that he's connected to for Yibam, his sister-in-law's sister. And that's on a biblical level, so he has to divorce his wife. And also, he's not, he's not, he's not allowed to do Yibam to his, he's completely forbidden to his sister-in-law because at the end of the day, he was married to his sister-in-law's sister. Uh, so on a rabbinic level, they were married, so that forbids them from doing yibum. Next case. So in this case, Reuben and Shimon are both able to, to hear and speak. It's the wives, the two sisters in this case. Uh, so Rachel and Leah. Rachel to Reuben. Rachel is deaf-mute, and Leah is, is fine. What happens if Reuben dies? And his wife, who's Rachel, who's deaf mute, has to do Yibim Rechalitza, Mayas, a Pikech Babikachas, Tesimishimachasisha. In that case, there's a total exemption, which makes sense, right? Because in that case, Shimon and Leah have a biblical marriage. Leah is Rachel's sister, so uh, there's no Yibim in that case.
What happens? Meis pikeach bal pikeach as my yazav pikeach bal chareshes. Motzi sishta beged vesishis achav bechalitza. But if it's the other way around, where Shimon dies again, the biblical marriage dies. So that's parallel to what we had earlier. <coughs> in that uh, Reuven is married to his wife on a rabbinic level, but he's now connected to his brother Shimon's wife Leah on a biblical level. So in that case, he has to divorce his wife, and vesishis achav bechalitza. He's allowed to do chalitza. He could do chalitza. Uh, to his system. Well, the reason why he could do chalitza is because he's completely healthy. His wife, his wife is a is is a deaf mute, but he's not a deaf mute, and his sister in law, Lay, is not a deaf mute. So he could do chalitza in that case. Now we have shnei achin echad cheres v'echad pikeach nusin l'shnei achos echad chereshes v'achos pikachas. What if we have the following case, where Reuven and Shimon, Reuven is a deaf mute, and he marries Rachel who's a deaf mute, and Shimon and Leah are not. They're able to speak and to hear. If Ruvain dies and he had a rabbinic marriage, what does the Shimon do? He was on a biblical level. His brother's wife is also his wife's sister. So there, tasting Mishimachazisha. And there we say there's no no Yibam or Chalitza because it's your wife's sister. There's no no mitzvah of Yibam or Chalitza. However, if, um, if Shimon dies, what does Reuven do? So in that case also, Reuven had a rabbinic marriage to his wife, but on a biblical level, he's connected now to his sister-in-law. In that case, he has to divorce his wife and he's forbidden to his sister-in-law. He can't do chalitza because he's a cherish, he's a deaf mute, and he's not allowed to do yibam because on a rabbinic level, it's his wife's sister. So now we have all the same cases, but now they are not sisters, it's just two brothers who just married two women who are not related to each other. So So here, Reuven and Shimon are now brothers. Reuven is deaf mute. Shimon is not. They are married to two women, Rachel and Leah, but Rachel and Leah are not sisters. They're not sisters in this case. So there's no concern for, for marrying your wife's sister. There's no such concern. So let's say Reuven dies. So what could Shimon do? So there, there's no issue. You could do either one because Reuven's wife, Rachel, is not related in some other way. And she's not a deaf mute. So you could do Yibam or Chalitza. What happens if Reuven and Shimon, they're both healthy and not deaf mute? But Reuven is married to Rachel, who is a deaf mute, and Shimon is married to Leah, who's not. And Rachel and Leah are not related in this case. What happens if Ruvain dies and Rachel, who is deaf mute, falls to, to Shimon? So in this case, they have to do Yibam because Rachel is, is uh, Chereshes, she's deaf mute. Uh, Shimon is allowed to do Yibam because they're not, it's not, they're, they're not related uh, other than being your, the brother's wife. But they can't do chalitza because, again, you're not allowed to do chalitza if she's deaf mute because there's speaking parts. So you have to do yibam. If they want, they could stay married. If they want, they could get divorced. What happens if Shimon dies? Now Shimon dies, and so Shimon's wife uh, falls to, to Ruvain, who is healthy. So so in that case, you could do either chalitza or yibam. Uh, you could do either chalitza or yibam. Uh, because Ruvain is not a deaf mute, and Shimon's wife is not a deaf mute, so you can do Chilitzer Yibam. Shnei Achin, last case, 
You have two brothers, Reuben and Shimon are married to Rachel. Reuben is married to Rachel. Shimon is married to Leah. Reuben and Rachel are both deaf mute. Shimon and Leah are not. And uh, Rachel and Leah are not related to each other. So if Reuben dies, what could Shimon do? So then Konitim Rata Lahotziotzi. So Shimon has to do Yibam because Reuben's wife Rachel is a deaf mute. So they could do Yibam. And if uh, he wants to, they could stay married. If they want, they could get divorced afterwards. But Mace Pikach Bapikachas Mayasa Cherish Bacharashas. However, if Shimon dies, so then what could Ruvain do? So Ruvain, because he's a Cherish, he can't do Chalitza. But Konis Venomotzalolam, he could do Yibam. And again, he could do Yibam, but his Yibam, once he does Yibam, they can't get divorced. Because his Yibam, let's say, is on a biblical level, because they're connected on a biblical level. Then they can never get divorced, because the divorce, because he's a Cherish, can only be on a rabbinic level. So they can get married, but they can never get divorced. So those are the, all the different permutations. And as we discussed in the introduction, there's different certain fundamental principles that come out of all these different cases. We'll continue with the Gemara. We'll begin the Gemara in the next recording.